Hey, good morning. We are live. Sorry for the late start, and sorry for those of you. I'm trying to coordinate the start of an audio podcast, the start of a video podcast here on my social media channels, and uh, so I'm getting a little bit better at it, but uh, trying to figure all that out. So thank you for joining me today. Appreciate it very much. My name is Bruce Hooley. If you don't know me, you may uh, know me and not recognize me, and if you don't recognize me, I would certainly understand why, because uh, I look uh, considerably different than I used to look, uh, than I looked... uh, two weeks ago today, which was the last normal day that I had, uh, which was a day I took my girls to school and <clears throat> went through my normal day. And then the next day, uh, did the same thing. And God was merciful. And I got my kids to school fine and had no episodes because why would I have an episode? I'm having my 63rd birthday and I'm healthy and I'm happy and life is awesome. And I got a great job and uh, can't wait to talk to the people on the radio like I've done for the last 20 years of my professional life. And in the course of preparing for my job that morning at 9.30, I had a seizure. And uh, fast forward, I've since had uh, surgery to remove a brain tumor. And uh, now I'm getting uh, ready to undergo treatment, uh, chemotherapy, and radiation. And so I'm going to share my story with you. And I'm going to uh, try to generate a living because we've still got bills to pay more than before. And uh, and uh, we're going we're gonna to muddle through and see if God honors... Uh, all the avenues through social media and stuff like that where you can uh, post your content and uh, make a living and do the other things that I was doing, which uh, I'm going to put a crawl at the bottom here on the video. And uh, I'll just uh, reiterate, if you live in central Ohio and you need flooring, I sell flooring. It's great flooring. It's carpet. It's luxury vinyl. It's, uh, you know, it looks like wood. Uh, you can get a hold of me and uh, we'll get you set up. We got our own installers. Great stuff. I'll put other crawls up during there uh, during the show. Uh, I'm still going to continue to sell my pillow products, and I get a commission off my pillow products as I get a commission off uh, enrolling you guys in the private shopping club that's patriotswitch.com slash Bruce. So there we go. All right, so if you're watching this on Facebook, you're watching it on Twitter, it's the first time you've seen it, um, I guess I'll... I'll reiterate what I wrote in my blog this morning, and there's a blog you can find and follow and share, and hopefully it will encourage people uh, who may be going through this same uh, walk. Um, I'm now a cancer patient. Uh, That feels a little weird to say. I know it's true. It doesn't scare me to say it. Um, It is. And uh, I'm not just a cancer patient. I'm a brain cancer patient. I'm a... uh, I'm a, obviously with the scar, I had uh, a craniotomy and they took a brain tumor out of the frontal lobe of my, uh, of my brain and they didn't take it all and they didn't try to take it all. And the reason they didn't try to take it all was because if they took it all, they might take some of me and I wouldn't be able perhaps to, uh, speak with you and reason and know who my wife is and my beautiful daughters are and all that, know my friends and text all of you and all that. So we treated it uh, conservatively by design and they'll do six weeks of radiation and six weeks of chemo. Well, I don't know about six weeks of chemo. We'll do six weeks of radiation and we'll do chemo. And we'll see where we are uh, after the first of the year. Uh, it's stage three, so treatable. And um, <clears throat> that's, that's, that's good. Uh, so that's what happened. All right, so what's next? So uh, next is the treatment, an analysis of the tumor, which they took out a week. A week they took it out. A little foggy on some of the details. Uh, they took it out on a week ago Saturday. A week ago Saturday, they took it out. So I'm sitting here nine, ten days out from surgery. Okay. So what am I thinking? What is in my mindset right now? 
uh, I'm excited about the purpose that my life has. And I don't, it's not a different purpose than it had before because my purpose for the past five years has been a period of time where I've really been serious about serving Jesus Christ in uh, my job. Um, but I, I'm not going to be as distracted by other things now as I may have been before. For instance, this started as, as you know, you guys who, who got a notification, whoa, we tackle life podcast. I thought that was out of business. Yeah, well, it hasn't been done very much lately because the We Tackle Life podcast was a collaboration of Chris Spielman and myself, our friendship, and our shared time on the air at first the fan in Columbus and then 105.7 in Columbus around sports. And when our uh, jobs went away at the zone in February of 2019, we decided we'd do a podcast to continue to stay in touch with our audience about the Browns and the Bengals and the Buckeyes and the Blue Jackets and on and on and on and on, but that we now have the freedom to be more open with our true passion in life, which is being godly husbands, godly fathers, and hopefully very productive disciples of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, so then Chris took a job as one of the top people in the Lions organization, and he's doing a great job because you can see the Lions are not a joke anymore. They are a real team, and they are a legit team to deal with. And so I then delved out of uh, sports matters and went into more news talk matters. And if you've followed me, you know where my politics are, and I will explain why they are there. I believe they are there for uh, reasons that are... uh, completely justifiable. But this is not going to be a political podcast. It's not. I'll do content that will have a political tinge elsewhere, and I'll let you know where that is, but this will not be a political podcast. This will continue to be a podcast around sports, but more so, I would say, around the value of sports. Because now, this cancer diagnosis has focused me on how we can use our gifts, talents, pursuits, endeavors to benefit the culture, and I believe firmly in the values that sports can develop as a benefit to our culture. So we're going to talk about sports, but this is not the podcast for you if you want to know whether Ohio State's a soft football team or a physical football team. It's not the podcast for you if you want to know a lot about a Browns game or a Bengals game or all that. You have many of those podcasts, and I would not even attempt to do them nearly as well as the people who do those podcasts. I think I'm gifted um, to have some insight into what you might not see unless someone helps you see it in a sports game. What do I mean? Friday night, there was a phenomenal football game that many of you don't even know about. Many of you do because you're also, many of you, readers of PressProsMagazine.com. But Friday night, there was a football game between the top-ranked team in the state of Ohio in Division 6 for sales and the top-ranked team in the state of Ohio in Division 7, Marion Local. It was a 14-13 game, won by Marion Local. Versailles missed an extra point in the last two minutes or we'd have gone to overtime. And I have no idea how long they'd have played because there was not much offense in that game. They were, they were competing at an elite level. So what did you see? 
You saw a great high school football game? Yeah. You saw two elite coaching staffs and players selling out and a couple communities involved? Absolutely. What did you really see? What do you need to know that you saw so that you value it and so that you encourage the people who produced it to produce it more, not for your entertainment, not for my entertainment, not for a trophy, but because the values demonstrated in advance of, in the midst of, and after that game are values that make us a better country, a better culture, a better place to live. I firmly believe that with every fiber of my being because the values I'm talking about are investment in a collective goal, investment in totality rather than individuality, sacrificing by putting in the work to earn results, okay? So those are the things that I'm talking about, this podcast being value-based around sports. Let me tell you a little bit what I mean. I know the coaches at these two schools a little bit. I'm not super close to either one of them. But Ryan Jones at Versailles and Tim Goodwin at Marion Local are super elite at what they do at schools that probably have never produced a two-star recruit. Maybe a three, maybe a two, but not a three, okay? And I know you got coaches everywhere who celebrate the five stars and obsess about this, that, and the other, and whatever, and that's fine, and that's got a place too. But these guys and their staffs and their administrations do what they do with an eye toward the value of the intangibles that can come from what they do, not just from the tangibles that you put in a trophy case. And they got a lot of trophies in these cases, Eversales and Marion Local, just like they do at Coldwater, just like they do at Fort Loramie, like they do at New Bremen, like they do at a lot of the schools that PressProsMagazine.com covers, like they do at a lot of schools around the state of Ohio, St. Ed and Ignatius and all these places. And when I don't talk about other schools, it's only because I don't know other schools and their culture but I know these schools, and I know these sculpt, uh, cultures. Tiger Laverde at, at uh, uh, Kirtland would be somebody who I know a little bit about who does this kind of stuff. They see what they do not as what they get out of it or even the memories they make while doing it. They see it for what it produces in the young people that they, here's the key, challenge hold accountable, and then instruct on the back end when things don't go the way that they ideally want them to go. Versailles lost this game Friday night. If you want to look at it this way, and I won't argue with you if you do, because to me, this is the bottom line of sports. Versailles lost the game Friday night when a young man missed an extra point late in the game. Joel Garrett. Joel's a heck of a kid, heck of a player, heck of a player. Missed an extra point. Joel Garrett is not a wimp. Joel Garrett is not cowering in the corner. Joel Garrett has the complete confidence of his teammates and coaches going forward. And he's earned it. That's the key. He's earned it because he's put in the work. As of his teammates, as do teammates at great programs throughout the state of Ohio, they earn it. They don't hope for it. They don't wish for it. They've earned it. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about 
the value of sports and why sports is important and what we'll be talking about here on this podcast. Now, you would say, oh, yeah, sports is great. It's awesome. I love sports. I love watching college football. I love watching. Well, you might be watching sports, but you're not watching sports where the coaches are invested in the things it takes to win just because you're watching people who are going to play in the NFL or the NBA or MLB. In fact, I would argue you're probably less likely to be watching sports that isn't that is rooted in the right things because there are too many other rewards that are eye-popping, eye-opening, eyebrow-raising, right? I mean, are you sure those guys you see out there playing on Sunday play because they love football? Joel Garrett plays because he loves football. Kids in the MAC, kids in other leagues around the state of Ohio who have no hope of playing college, they play because they love football, they love their teammates, they love their community, they love their coaches. They play for the right reason. The guys who play for the money, they're not playing for the right reason. And that's why you see, no mention of names, lots of deviant, embarrassing behavior, not just from coaches, not just from, excuse me, Freudian slip, Mel Tucker slip, not just from players, but from coaches. Mel Tucker. Do I need to go into the details? No, I don't. Come on. And I'm not, I'm saying that is a demonstration of someone who has lost their focus on what is important. Deshaun Watson, his episode in Houston is an, is an indication of someone who has lost their focus. They tell us all the time, sports develops character. Well, really? Does it? Um, would you like uh, the average, ordinary, run-of-the-mill NFL player or NBA player to date your daughter? Take her to prom? He's develop- I mean, he's in sports, right? He's got, got great character. He's in sports. So this is what I'm talking about with the values around sports. And let me demonstrate what I mean when I say that. Just because you're watching big-time athletics, you are not necessarily watching athletics that are invested in what it takes to win. You're watching athletics that it's invested in hoping to win. <clears throat> Situation this week at USC. Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy winner, Lincoln Riley, $10 million contract, good team, blah, 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 blah. They suspend or attempt to suspend and then finally backed off because they look so stupid doing it. A reporter, because the reporter did not comply with USC's media policies. (laughs) What was the violation? The violation was that at the end of a formal press conference, one of USC's players was asked a question as he was leaving the podium by one of the reporters. I don't know what the question was. But the official press conference was over. And this reporter then, they looked into the reporter and they found out that, ooh, this reporter had referred to the president of USC in a question by her first name. Oh, my goodness, how disrespectful. He didn't refer to her as doctor whatever or her highness, or her eminence. He referred to her as Carol. Shocking, I know. Okay. So what is this a demonstration of? This is a demonstration of the protectionism that is out there in our sports culture 
at the NBA level, at the professional level, and at the college level, even more so than it is at the high school level. It's, it just is. I've watched it over my career, 35 years in sports. I've watched it. And the, and the reason why it's done, I'll explain to you why it's done, is because we don't want a kid to say something that'll make the kid look bad, right? Sounds good. Sounds like a great reason. No, that's not why they do it. They do it because they don't want the kid to say something that makes the school look bad. And what's the harm in that, Bruce? Why would you want the school to look bad? What are you, a hater? Everybody thinks I'm a hater. I'm not a hater. But they tell us on one hand that they bring these kids in so they can do what? Develop them into great young people. We're going to make a man out of you. We're going to teach you how to be a man. We're going to put you, you know, we're going to shepherd you through. I'm all for shepherding. I serve the great shepherd, okay? I'm all for shepherding. But there's a right way to shepherd and a wrong way to shepherd. And it's not complicated how kids become mature. It's unpopular how kids become mature, but it's not complicated. Kids become mature like muscles grow. How does a muscle grow? What do you do to it? You feed it. You feed kids expectations, collective goals. A muscle grows because you stress it. You work it out. You put it under more duress than it's comfortable with. You instruct it. You do the right technique, la, 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 all that. You don't just willy-nilly lift or whatever. There's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And from that progressive stress, instruction, guidance, muscles grow. And kids grow the same way. And part of growing is to get up there and answer questions about something as grievous as a practice or a game and deal with the consequences of your discomfort facing a microphone or a notepad, okay? That's just part of growing up. What are schools doing when they tell us, oh, you can't, oh, we're off limits, don't ask that question, no, you can't talk to, no, he's off. What are they telling us? They are telling us that they anticipate, no, they expect their player to fail in that moment. So you love on them when you recruit them, and you tell them how great they are, and you tell them how they're capable of everything, and they can, you know, win this, that, and the other. But we don't have any confidence in you to answer a simple question. This is not exclusively a problem with colleges. This is also a problem in some professional ranks. Case in point over the weekend, Solheim Cup. Solheim Cup, if you don't know, is the Ryder Cup of ladies golf. And I've had problems sleeping here lately because my meds had me wired. And so Friday morning, I was up 2 a.m. watching the Solheim Cup from Italy, from Rome. And one of the big pre-match stories was Lexi Thompson, the longtime American professional ladies golfer. Lexi's in her late 20s. She's been a fixture on the LPGA Tour since her teens, maybe even pre-teens. And the controversy was Lexi had a bad year. She hardly made a cut. She's on the team as a captain's pick, and whenever you pick a captain's pick that's controversial, like Justin Thomas this week at the Men's Ryder Cup, it's, okay, is, there, is he going to deliver or is he not going to deliver? Is he going to stand up to the pressure or is he not going to stand up to the pressure? Is Lexi Thompson going to come through or not? She's been a really good Solheim Cup player for the most part. Is she going to choke? Is she going to deliver? So she gets up there on Friday, and she wins her first match. She's with Allison Corpus, the U.S. Open champion. It was a good pairing. They won their match. 
and Lexi played, you know, pretty good. You don't win if you're playing lousy. So then we get to Friday. Then we get to uh, Saturday. And she goes out on Saturday, and she's playing. And I wasn't watching this, but I saw what happened. Gets to the par 5, 18th hole, match hinges on the hole, tie match. You split the hole, you get a half a point. You don't win the hole, you lose the, the half a point. Now, here's what you need to know in advance of this advancement to Friday to Saturday's match. In the first four matches on, thir- on Thursday, excuse me, on Friday, first four matches of the championship, the U.S. won every match. So they're out to a 4 nothing lead, which never happens in the Ryder Cup, the Solheim Cup, ever. I mean, it might have happened a time or two, but when you sweep the first matches and you need 14.5 points to win the Cup and you've played four matches and you're up 4-0, the only way you lose is if you blow it. Okay. So I watched... Friday afternoon, and they let the Euros get, I think it was 6-2. to two. And then I noticed after Friday, it was 8-8. Eight to eight. It was, <coughs> excuse me, we got to Friday, and at the end of Friday, it's 8-8. Eight to eight. Well, part of the 8-8, eight to eight, which Euro now has won 8 out of 10 since losing four in a row to start, one of the eight matches they lost was a match where Lexi Thompson is on the 18th hole, green side in two on a par five. All she's got to do is par the hole to assure a half a point, and the U.S. has a cushion going into the singles, which would have proved very important because they ended up tying 14-14, and Europe kept the cup because they didn't have to win. They just had to tie oh, uh, the, uh, uh, the U.S. had they had that extra half a point. Maybe it didn't carry forward, but if you change the final results by half a point, the U.S. wins the cup. So all she's got to do is get up and down in three. In three, greenside, on the par five, 18th. Look, what happened happens in golf. It's golf. I play golf. I know it happens. She missed a shot. She missed a shot. There's no shame in missing a shot. I'm not going to say she choked. You missed a shot. She said the lie was bad. She said this was a rock got in her way, whatever. I, I don't know. She missed the shot. I'm not upset she missed the shot. I'm not upset she missed the hole. I'm not upset she lost the match. I'm not upset she, they lost the cup. I'm upset that somebody in a position of influence and leadership then whiffed as bad as you can possibly whiff, and she wasn't alone in this, on being accountable for her mistake. Because she was asked the question, the searing, apparently too intrusive question, Lexi, what happened on that shot at 18? And she responded, I don't have to answer that question. (laughs) Excuse me? Why do you not have to answer that question? You have benefited from untold sponsorship dollars over the years. You are revered by a fan fan base the worldwide. You are young. You are loved. You are popular. You are extolled. You were given the benefit of being named to a team you did not earn your way onto. What in the possible world would enable you to be justified in saying, I don't have to answer that question? 
No, you do have to answer that question. And the reason why you have to answer that question is because all the money you make and all the fans you have and all the accolades you get off your popularity compels you to owe an answer to your fans who wanted you to succeed in that moment and you didn't and they want to empathize with you. Your answer was petulant and dismissive of the people who have supported you and indicative of the fact that you are not mentally tough. You are not. And I am in a position right now, through the grace of God, having given me the privilege of having been able to write this book and live this story with Chris and Stephanie Spielman to be exposed to an eloquent, powerful, transformative demonstration of mental toughness and responsibility amid unpleasantness and taking the focus off yourself and allowing what's happening to you to benefit others. I have been privileged to live that, to share in that, to be instructed, shaped, molded, inspired by that. And when I see people who have that privilege, I used to think when Chris said, I've never been sorry Stephanie got cancer, I'd think, man, I understand your eternal perspective on life. I understand you. I understand that life is about what's eternal, not what's temporal. But that was always hard for me to like really get. Well, I get it now. I get it now. I get why you don't want to regret being given a burden that allows you to focus in a laser way on what is truly important in life, and that is helping other people, inspiring other people. The Bible refers to it in 2 Corinthians as comforting others with the comfort that we have been given. That is my purpose, mission, and privilege right now. And I'm super, super, super excited about it. And I hope you'll join me in the journey. It would help me, if you're interested in doing so, to share my content. If you are someone who has the ability to help me do this better, technologically, um, graphically, production-wise, I'm open to anything. I I think I can handle the the content part and stuff like that, but I'm not great at the video clip editing and all that kind of stuff. And and I know there are a lot of people out there who are really good at it. Um, I'm more than willing to commiserate with you. Um, We tackle life at gmail.com. We tackle life at gmail.com. Or I'll tell you my my StreamYard platform. Uh, I just did the platforms I use, the live stream platforms I use, the way I release the podcast. I'll I'll share any of that with anybody who's willing to help me uh, do this better. But this these next few months, while I'm in radiation and chemo, um, are 100% about me a trying to make a living, uh, but b trying to. incorporate into what have been my interests and what I know you have some shared interests with me in, in gleaning the greatest purpose that we can from our shared interests. And yes, some of that will include very bold uh, testimonies to my faith in Jesus Christ, which this podcast that Chris and I began um, after we ended our time at the zone 
always ended with a faith element. So I'm going to continue to do that here in this podcast, and I'll continue to do it at the end of the podcast. So if you just want the sports or the uh, value-related sports content, you can do that. You can avoid the faith content. But it will have a faith element at the end. And so today's faith element, what I would like to talk about is that why do I seem to be intractable and immovable on matters of obedience when it comes to scriptural principles, the Ten Commandments, things like that. The most easy, demonstrable element of it I can give you is on morality right now, morality. Let me be clear. I am not a pristine, perfect, throughout my life moral person. What I am is a forgiven person. And what you can be is a forgiven person. The, the part that really troubles me about our culture today is the glorification of various aspects of morality. And I'm not talking just about the stuff that it's easy for conservatives to bang on, the rainbow flag and all that. Pornography. Infidelity. Morality manifests itself across the spectrum. It is very easy to condemn sins we are not tempted by. It is not easy to see sins we are immersed in, admit them, repent of them, and do not engage in them anymore. And why is that important? Why is that important? And this is super important for you to understand the distinction. It's behavior matters, not because behavior earns you anything in terms of your forgiveness. Behavior matters because it is a demonstration that you understand you've been forgiven. Okay? Does that make sense? Let me liken it to my treatment. When they, when they did an MRI on my head, they showed me the pictures, and they said, see that big gray mass up there? I said, yeah, that's a brain tumor. We've got to take that out. Okay. Now, I could have said, you're nuts, dude. Like, <laughs> I had a fainting spell at work. I feel great. You're not touching me. I got stuff to do. I got a life to live. But you know why I didn't do that? Because I know that doctor has trained for that moment. That doctor has gone to school. That's not his first MRI. That's not his first CT scan. He knows what he's looking at. He knows how to take it out. And he knows how to make me better. He knows how to treat it. And he knows how to get me past it. So he has, compared to what I have, <clears throat> Authority. He has an authority that I don't have because he knows what he's talking about. Now, I can ignore his authority. I can go about my merry way and drive to work and maybe crack up on a highway and kill my kids and say, well, holy cow, I guess I do have a brain tumor. What do you know? He was right. He wasn't kidding. But that would be stupid. That would be stupid because I would be defying somebody's authority that they were using for my benefit, right? For my benefit, he's using his authority. That doctor, when he sat by my bed, he didn't want to tell me what he had to tell me. That was very obvious. He was struggling because it's not easy to tell somebody, you got a brain tumor, you're not going home, champ. We're going to cut your head open to get that out. And I sensed that right away. And I said, hey, doc, you're not going to scare me with whatever you tell me. My wife's sitting right here. We got nothing unsaid between us. 
we know our eternal destiny. We know our, we know we're good. Give it to me straight, bro. We're fine. And I prayed with him, not, oh, Lord, help this man to heal me. No. I prayed, Lord, thank you for this man. Thank you that he has compassion for other people, that he has gifts, and that he's willing to do these hard things because he cares about people. That's why behavior matters. Jesus tells you how to live, not to ruin your fun. Jesus tells you how to live to save you from engaging in behavior that is bad for you. You say, well, who is he to tell me what's bad for me? I want to love who I love. I want to go do I'll sleep around with my wife. She doesn't do this or that. Or I want to watch pornography. It, that's not really cheating, Bruce. Well, I hate to tell you this, bud, but that would be like you telling the doctor, sorry, pa- sorry, champ, that must be a spot on the MRI. I don't have a brain tumor. See, Jesus has the authority. You don't. He has the authority. You could ignore it, and a lot of people do, and a lot of pastors encourage you to ignore his authority. And they tell you he's a God that, yeah, this and that and the other, and he doesn't, he, oh, he's not a God of condemnation, he's not a God, and he's not a God of condemnation. Nobody who died for you on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins so you could go to heaven is a God of condemnation. That's a God of love, right? If your kid was standing next to you on a street corner, and a bus was coming, and a kid decided to run out into the street, what would you do? Would you let him run out into the street? I mean, I mean, after all, if you grab him by the neck and pull him back, you might hurt him. You might scare him. You also might save their life. That's why you grab them, okay? That's why behavior matters. That's why behavior matters. We're going to talk about behavior. We're going to talk about serving God. We're going to talk about drawing others to the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about who God is and what he has for you and what he compels you and what he offers you. I have never been more excited to spend time with you. (laughs) Thank you for praying for me. Many of you are. You don't need to pity me. (laughs) The truth of this is... I would be so much more concerned for you if this were you than I am for me. Not because I don't want to live. I want to see my daughters married. I want to I meet and mentor their children. It's not that I think I'm a superstar. It's just because when you're in this, you see how God has prepped you for it. Thank you, Chris and Steph. Thank you, Dr. Belcher. And you see, as Chris said to me, the very first thing he said to me when I told him. <laughs> and you're going to go, hmm? no, it made perfect sense. He said, Bruce, I'm, I'm excited for you. You're built for this. And he knew I was built for this not because of me, because of Christ in me and because of what I learned, watching them do it as eloquently and powerfully as it can be done. So 
That concludes this edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. Please, if you need flooring, if you know anybody who needs flooring, you live within 50 miles of Columbus, man, reach out. Soft Step Carpet, softstepbruce at gmail.com, softstepbruce at gmail.com. Um, and I'll reach out to you, and we'll get you measured, and we'll get you served, and you'll save money, and you'll get your stuff quicker, and I'll make money, and uh, we'll keep the we'll keep the medical people <laughs> medical bills at bay. Uh, I I might have a, a Patreon or a or a, a Venmo for you if you want to contribute, and I don't expect it, but I've had people say, "How can we help?" And you know, and I I don't want to stand in the way of other people being blessed by following through on God's call if they want to do that. So. We'll figure that out, and that's something, too, if you're a listener, if you're a content generator, and you know a good system to do that. I don't want to be, like, shut down because I do Christian content or because I occasionally talk about news events through a faith prism and stuff like that. Don't stick me with somebody who's going to, you know, get upset by the content quality or the content, uh, whatever it is. But if you have insight on that, I'm open to it. Uh, we tackle life at gmail.com, brucehooley at gmail.com. I'm pretty easy to find. So uh, with all that, uh, thank you all, guys and uh, and women, so much for listening, and uh, I appreciate it. And uh, it's great to be back with you. It's going to be a regular thing. Set your clock for it. Have a great day, and uh, and God bless you.